4: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Little Friday. Woo! We made it to Little Friday. Little Friday is Thursday here on the show. Welcome to the Progressive Voices Network. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. And uh, Fong, our producer, is in studio. What's going on, Fong? Hey there. You had no sleep you didn't even say hi to me when you walked into the studio. I know, I know, cause um, before I walked in, I I got an email from uh, my other job, and my supervisor was like, "Oh, there's some thing weird with the data." Uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, well, um, we'll give you a break. We won't be too 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 bad on you today. Um, Great. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I, I love it. <laughs> so last night I got to attend the San Francisco premiere of Freeheld and we talked a little bit about the movie yesterday Free Held, starring Ellen Page and Julianne Moore right uh i nearly fainted uh-oh <laughs> yeah i i uh i i stumbled on my questions um to oh. both actresses by the way and i had to apologize and just said look i'm sorry i'm sh- i'm sh- i'm shitting bricks i mean rainbows I, rainbows <laughs> i i am so star starstruck and, you know and 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 because I think because the movie has so much significant meaning to the community. Free Held is a movie about Laurel Hester, who was a a, a police officer in New Jersey, who had been diagnosed with lung cancer, and it had um, in to her brain, and so um, she wanted to transfer her pen uh, her pension to her long time partner her domestic partner um, played by uh, uh, Ellen Page Stacey Andrew Mm -hmm. Stacey Andre I'm sorry And, um, at that time, you know, this is 2002, marriage equality was not here yet. Mm -hmm. And so her case, uh, you know, she, she challenged it and she changed domestic partnership laws in New Jersey. Um, and it's called freeheld because the people who reversed their decision, it was, uh, these legislators in New Jersey, they're called freeholders. And so these five Republican freeholders had initially rejected her request to have her pension transferred to her partner and, uh, then it became an, a uh, you know a national press thing, and people really rallied against, uh, 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 Lord, I'm sorry, really rallied in support of Laurel Huster. Anyway, I'm telling everybody the whole story. Just go see the movie; it opens up <laughs> this weekend. But if you want to see pictures, you can head to our Twitter at Ms. Michelle Meow. Uh, we should get today's show started because I'm sure. Our guest has way more important things to say than I do. Today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit pacificfertilitycenter.com. Our next guest is a staff writer and social media content creator for the international news source peoplesworld.org and uh, also the director of the show, I'm Here, I'm Queer, and I'm Hungry. Sounds, sounds like me. Let's welcome Chauncey Robinson to the program. Chauncey, thanks so much for being with us.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me.
4: Uh, you are a fellow
3: Gator. Yes, SSA.
4: Woo! Uh, <laughs> people are, every time I tell people I graduated from uh, San Francisco State, they're always uh, like, you know, did you guys even have, um, you know, a, a football team or something like that? As if football makes you know, a uh, college, uh, you know, credible. <laughs>
3: I was, I was a theater major, so honestly, it wasn't until—I just recently graduated in May, but I wasn't, it wasn't until, like, the last semester I found out that we did have a basketball team, too, but that wasn't my <laughs> timing <and> concern. <laughs>
4: uh, um, well, it's so nice to hear from you, and congratulations on graduating. Let's first talk about the show that you put together, which was, uh, you know, I think it was seen at San Francisco State, which is I'm Here, I'm Queer, and I'm Hungry. Uh, what was the show about
3: Well, the um, show—oh, actually, um, we're in uh, rehearsals for it at the moment. Um, It was picked for the Fringe Festival that goes on in SF State um, every year. It's a a way for um, young and upcoming playwrights, people who uh, write for theater— um, to be able to showcase their work and uh, work with a director to be able to workshop in and also then present it to the public. Um, and usually, you know, it's uh, picked by uh, a professor, Roy Convoy, um, who is uh, one of the professors, a great professor at the state, and, um, and and we try to get diverse voices with it. And basically the show, I'm Here, I'm Queer, I'm Hungry, is by Casey Spiegel. And it's, it basically tells the story of a of a young uh, man who is basically doing a uh, talk show slash uh, motivational speaking tour, but it kind of goes terribly wrong because he has a lot of issues going on in his life. And basically you watch this intervention that happens um, in front of a live audience. Basically, so it's it's a comedy, but there's a lot of heart in it because it goes through a lot of his, um, you know, his childhood, growing up, trying to find his identity, um, trying to figure out uh, who he was, and just some some traumatic things that he also went through because of you know his sexuality and also just trying to um, have some confidence in himself. He kind of has a what what I like to call a superiority inferiority complex that kind of goes back and forth um you could instantly kind of dislike this character but you also i think what people will find that they also find that um there's things they identify with of him that mm-hmm. maybe they don't want to admit out loud so it's it's a really um interesting script to be uh, playing around with that's
4: um, that that's so great you know i i mean uh, so if, let's you go back and for a lot of us who did uh, get a chance to attend college i, I mean that i feel like college um helps you, yes, with your higher education, but I feel like what I got from it more was, you know, the social experience and the relationships and connections that I made with fellow students who made me feel um, I, I, different in, in a way where it, it allowed for me to come out, uh, you know, and so... Talk to us about your college experiences and the relationships that you have with your peers and how, you know, healthy it is to be able to work on a project like this.
3: Oh, it's just very, it's, I mean, for myself, when I first started going to school, um, especially for myself as a young African-American, uh, Well, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going here, I'm, I'm very determined to make it because, you know, there's a lot of odds against me under, you know, the system I live under and things. So I was very much kind of tunnel vision at first. It was, you know, I wasn't necessarily trying to make friends and things because I was like, well, that will just get me distracted and things. But I also found especially for myself doing theater um, as a performer and also director and and writer at times that you, you kind of have to lean on, you have to find a community for yourself. Um, And sometimes that happens organically, you know, through, you know, just doing projects, being on a show and, and just having a certain um, camaraderie that grows about with, especially with theater, because you're very vulnerable with theater mm-hmm. at times when you perform in front of people or when you're putting something out there, especially with a piece like this that's very, like, uh, semi uh, you know, for, um, for Casey. Um, so when you perform things like that, you have to trust people and... Um, and kind of and grow uh, to trust them. So that, that that helped me, actually, just being in theater. Because when I first went to college, I tried to be a clinical science major, and that didn't agree with me very well. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, I don't think this is for me. But, you know, one of the things with theater as well is like, well, what are you going to do with that once you graduate and, and things? But you, you also kind of have to follow your passion. So it was great to kind of have that, to be able to connect with people who were taking the same risks that I was, Um, and that's only continued now, even though, you know, even with, you know, working on this show with the cast, uh, we have about a cast of seven to eight people and it's it's a diverse cast because that was something we very much were, um, Casey too was very much, um, you know, prioritizing, making sure that this cast was a, was a variety of, of people from all, you know, different walks of life that, you know of trying to connect with one another through these stories that the main character Ben is telling, which can be funny, but also it, some of the stuff he says is devastating at times and, and trying to find sometimes the humor and the tragedy and think that having talked afterwards about, you know, what this makes us feel. Um, so I, I so hopefully it's a learning experience for all of us, um, through that for those who are still students as I state who are in our, in our cast, um, To be able to, uh, you know, dig deep and find things out about themselves as well, which is important because in college, that's where you find, you kind of find yourself there to a certain degree so that you can uh, go out into the world, the rest of the world, um, and, and try to, you know, find your spot.
4: Right. Right. Michelle Miel, we're speaking with Chauncey Robinson, who's a staff writer and social media content creator for peoplesworld.org, a uh, international an international news source and also the director of the show. I'm here. I'm queer and I'm hungry. Um, I, Chauncey, I think you mentioned earlier that you're in rehearsals now, and so the show will be uh, uh, we'll get a chance to see it soon.
3: Yes, um, it's going to be going out. We have three performances. Um, Two of them will be at San Francisco State University in the lab in the Creative Arts Building um, on October 30th, Friday, October 30th, and then November 1st. um, uh, The October 30th show will be at um, 7 p.m., and the November 1st show will be a matinee at 2 p.m. But we also, um, one of the great things they're doing for this program is that we're getting a venue outside of San Francisco State, and we'll be at Piano Fight. In downtown San Francisco on um, November second.
4: Oh, that's so awesome! That's so awesome. We'll we'll have to post all that all of that information again up uh, on our website at michellemeow.com, just to give people a chance if they are in the San Francisco San Francisco. I was about to say gay area. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess it's appropriate here on this show. I meant to say the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, Let's move on to another show that you're co-producing, which is a drag opera, Seeds. uh, I think that's for the future, though. And um, tell us a little bit more about Seeds.
3: Well, Seeds, it's... it's, Well, I am just... I'm really excited about this, actually. Um, It came about with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Arnetta Smith. We were... Uh, we it kind of came about when the Black Lives Matter movement began, you know, around a lot of the uh, police brutality um, incidences that were happening. And we had, in Oakland, uh, we were um, a part of this group where we were trying to, you know, form marches and protests and just trying to, you know, get, you know, have some, you know, work around trying to combat what we felt was injustice. And through that, um, Arnetta, she uh began a, uh, a performance where um because she performed as a as a king uh in, in drag and uh one of the things that um she did was this performance where it was where it talked about the black lives matter movement and through this um we wanted to expand the um the conversation on it we wanted to expand this performance piece because we got really great responses um we uh, it was performed at a Soma Arts. And things, and we wanted to expand it into a larger piece with more individuals and also more activists from the Black Lives Matter movement. So um, basically what we're doing is we're trying to, add, uh, it's, it's a drag opera, but, you know, it's, it's very much uh, with the tone of, you know, social justice. With it and seeds, the the name of it came about because I was telling Arnetta had actually not hadn't heard of this saying before, where they say they tried to bury us, but they forgot that we were seeds. And one of the things is just this idea of you know even with the brutality, even with the killings and and things that happen, that movements come out through that and that and that the struggle continues, and that's where the name came from because we thought that was very much a reflection of uh of what the story we're trying to tell and we just thought it'd be really cool to do that through music and in this and in this way that also challenges gender norms and and things like that
4: let's so. talk the, about this a little deeper um in that you know I'm, I'm glad you brought up black lives matter and and this show seems to touch on so many different intersections of uh you know one's life right um any of it any any of it personal any of it uh, you're involved for personal reasons
3: um, yeah, for sure. I mean, with me, I it's as as a young African American um, woman, I and, and and dealing with identity issues and knowing that you know. You can't. You, I mean, you, I never feel that you can put anyone in one particular category, and and one of those things is because of the way that we are, we can be oppressed under a system. It's like you're not just oppressed as a woman. You're not just oppressed as, uh, you know, as as because of your sexuality. You're not just oppressed because of your social economic background. a lot a lot of people deal with these things um, compounded on one another, and it's like and in trying to find a safe space. Um, like within the movement of being an activist. because I, you know, I consider myself an activist. One of the things in people's world is that I, you know, talk a lot about you know women's rights, about the rights of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of uh, along those lines, you know, of sexuality, and things like that. And it it can be it can be tough in certain circles where you know. You think someone's an ally because that's one of the things that we talk about in seeds. Like where you think someone is an ally, and then they do something that is very much where they marginalize you, or you know, you don't get your voice heard, or suddenly they want to become the spokesperson for you instead of allowing you to be the spokesperson for yourself. Um, and and those are things that have happened, and they're very they can be very frustrating and can make it very hard to be a part of these struggles where you you can get exhausted, you know, mm-hmm. because it's be a lot of tragedy. So you want to make sure that there's safe spaces. Um, and, and this piece kind of talked about, you know, the need for safe spaces. For I people. love it.
4: I love it. And- I, I, I was faced up, uh, you know, with the same situation of uh, if I almost felt crazy for, for you know, okay. feeling like I don't belong. But we're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion with you, Chauncey. So stick around. Oh, OK, thanks. The Michelle Mial Show continues right after this. Don't go away.
0: and now, back to the Michelle Meow Show.
4: Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on Little Friday. I always like to call it Little Friday because, well, by the end of Thursday, I, I mean, uh, people, I guess, around here may or may not go to work on Fridays. <laughs> and uh, I feel like people just start relaxing and, and even partying on on Thursdays. That's that's where I'm going with that. Our guest on the phone is Chauncey Robinson, who's a staff writer and social media content creator for peoplesworld.org and also um, a uh, producer-director of great theater shows or, you know, shows in theater. And so we were just talking about a couple of her work, and that's coming up. We'll post it up online. Chauncey, I want to turn our attention now. I mean, uh, on, on top of doing all this stuff that you're able to, you know— um, discuss, I guess, what's going on in our world politically, socially, through art, you also do that by, you know, writing uh, or being a journalist, right? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah. Um, so writing for peoplesworld.org, you know, what do you— I, I saw a couple articles in which you talk about voter suppression. Um, talk to us a little bit more about kind of your feelings around voter suppression.
3: Well, I mean— It's one of those things where I'm one of those people that I believe everything is political. You know, you have a ten like people have a tendency sometimes to say, Oh, I'm not a political person but it's 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 one of those things that I think that we are taught to believe that if we're not talking about who's running for this or or something that suddenly that it's not about You know politics, but you know healthcare is about politics. Where you go to school is about politics. How you live is about politics. And a lot of we don't exist in a vacuum. And one of the things is like with voter suppression, people may not think. When I you know wrote the story about that some time ago, it was it was this idea that you know um, there were certain forces at play that were trying to make it so that people who might be able to push the vote in a certain direction weren't able to um, actually um, get to to have their voices heard and to get to be able to um, vote. Um, there was a lot of um, you know uh, times where uh, what was going on is that in places where people would think that they were registered to vote, they weren't registered to vote. Paperwork would get lost, and a lot of the times this was happening to um, communities of people of color. And also uh, those who were like working class or working or working class poor. And and this these were the um, communities that were being hit hardest by this because either, you know, they weren't being informed about the change of address and when it came to where they should go to vote, so the day would come and it'd be like, Well, we can't get there so they wouldn't get the chance to have the chance to vote or they didn't send it in time because something got a lot of dates got changed. And it's, it's one of those things where if you don't pay attention to it or there's not people paying attention to it, it can kind of go under the radar. And, and you know, it's a, it's an injustice because, mm-hmm. you know, many people fought for the right to vote. And although, you know, that gets kind of skewed in our day and age where, you know, maybe, you know, I know there's a good amount of, uh, you know, young people kind of wonder what's the point at times because it seems like it doesn't change. but. It's not just like the pre- like right now. It's the big thing with the presidential election, but it's not just the presidential elections that where change happens. It's some- it's many times at the state level, and what we have is um, what was happening around that voter suppression was that when it came down to the state elections, many people weren't getting out to vote as much. Um, and there's a lot of things that get decided in those state elections that very much affect our everyday lives, right? You know, like a road getting paved and things like that. So, I mean, that's what I was highlighting. Um, in that particular one, yes.
4: So let's go deeper into this conversation. Um, you know, a lot of people who are are involved in the creative process, like art, and I know that you know politics. Actually, I, when people say like art is not political. Um, I don't know. I I think that a little bit of of it is. Um, But when we talk about like new art and creative arts and and the impact on today's youths, people tend to think that youths are disconnected because of because, well, yes, we live in the Internet age. What do you think of that statement? Do you you just graduated college? You obviously are politically minded as well as artistic and showing it through your art. Do you feel disconnected at all in in your community and your culture because as you live in this digital age
3: no not at all i mean i think i mean i just it's funny because i just recently did an article called millennials versus baby boomers and like which one is the problem generation and it was like this talk about you know the idea that millennials those of us who are of, of the younger set that somehow you know because of facebook because of twitter that were very much disconnected from real things i don't think i mean the way i believe is that um It's not necessarily that we're disconnected. We have we've just because of technology, we've just found different ways of communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what you have actually for um, for those people who may not be able to go out to marches and protests on a regular because of work and things, you have these platforms such as Twitter, such as Facebook, such as you know Tumblr and things where people can get their. Um, words out and that they can, you, can, you can go online and you can find people and say, wow, I'm not the only one feeling or thinking this way. So in that sense, I feel like young people are finding new ways of forming communities. Um, it just happens to be online. I mean, I do think, though, that it's, it, has to be, it has to be a balance, too. I, mean, I still do think that we do have to have those protests and those marches like Black Lives Matter does like the people who were uh, the fight for fifteen, you know, the fight for fifteen dollars uh, an hour as minimum wage, you know, those they go out into the streets, but very much so, a lot of the organizing to get out into the streets happens online, happens through the emails, happens through Facebook page events and things. So I think we're just finding new ways of being. Um, engaged and you know for those who are part of you know old school they may look at it and it's like you know back in my day we had more face-to-face meetings but you know you don't have to do that as much anymore Mm -hmm. although I still think that you need to go out there and be a part of it and just in terms of the whole thing about art I think that's very much where you you have I feel like you have to be an activist As an artist in anything you do, whether it's, you know, journalism, media, uh, theater, acting, like, because, you know, the great one of my idols, Nina Simone once said, it's like, if you're not, to paraphrase her, it's like, if you're not doing activism through art, then what's the point of it? You know, like, Mm -hmm. is it to add to the status quo or is it to, you know, challenge something to, to reflect truth? Well,
4: yeah, yeah, let's let's get into that, because, you know, I feel like, um, well, more and more people are coming out and and let's apply that to queer politics. More and more people are coming out, uh, younger ones. I mean, you look at uh, even someone like Kristen Stewart, who doesn't take a position necessarily on uh, being labeled as LGBT or or Miley Cyrus, who says she's pansexual. And and yet, you know, I I don't know if any of these actresses uh, mainstream wise Uh, Would necessarily uh, identify as queer activists, you know, and and for a young person like yourself, who probably from time to time absorbs some of their work, uh, you know, maybe uh, tell us how you feel about that. And if they're out there and and, and they're, you know, kind of they have the ability to choose the roles that they have and tell stories of of queer people, which, you know, obviously some of us are still invisible, a good percentage of us. Um, what are your feelings about them saying? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just an actress. I'm not an activist.
3: Well, I mean, I well, when they say I'm just this or I'm just actress, I do think there's a certain, um, I don't want to say disservice necessarily, because everyone, you know, it's, everyone goes at their own pace in terms of how they, you know, want to be represented. But I do think I am a, I am a proud believer of like, you know, representation matters. And that when people see themselves in the media, in, you know, in, in whatever, like, uh, form of film and things, that it matters to those people who are growing up and saying there's someone who looks like me or someone who identifies as I do out there. So it's a very um, significant thing to be able to represent something. Although I do, you know, you, I mean, in understanding the way the scrutiny of media and things can be, that it can be a heavy, you know, weight to bear, Um when you, if you do take that on, um, and you know, with the Hollywood machine of you know people, you know, getting ostracized if they, you know, if they, if people feel like they're going against the tide too much, you know, people are thinking about their livelihood. But I think for many people, if you have the courage, I think because it takes courage, you know, to be able to say, you know, I'm not just going to just, you know, go with the status quo. I'm going to challenge it. Um, mm-hmm. I think you you make a more of an impact in the longer run. I mean, maybe some mainstream people may not want to hire you on or something, but it's the it's question of, do you really want to work with people who have those kind of, you know, prejudices in the first place, you know? So, yeah, it's, it's,
4: I love it. I, I love your uh, energy and your answers. My last question to you, running up against time, I'm so sad. I, I'm sure I could sit all day long and, and chat with you, um, but uh, you have important things to do, like you know, rehearsals for your great show. Here, I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm hungry. Last question to you um, is really about you know, yes, the the movement, the gay uh, gay rights movement or queer politics. Yes, we have marriage equality, and um, you know, while some people might think that yeah, we've done a whole. know we've done enough um that obviously that's not the dialogue right uh let's go back to what else do we need to fight for and and i'd love your perspective because you just graduated from college so i'm sure there are so many issues that are important to you that's not being covered in the gay rights movement
3: yeah i think um a big thing right now and i feel like you know people have been trying to get it to have traction for some time is the fact that um trans uh, people of color, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, in particular, there's mur- there's been murders that have been happening for you know at an alarming rate, um hate crime, basically. and I don't think it gets as much coverage, perhaps you know because of you know uh, of, you know nothing is in a vacuum. so there's racial politics within communities and things like that. And I think that's something that definitely needs more attention. Um, because of the alarming alarming rate in which it happens, and I don't think it gets as much media attention as it should. I think um, in the in the recent times there's been um, more um, coverage of it, uh, but I, I do think that though that it's been happening in the media so in the news so much, and then it I, I know for myself just as someone who pays attention to the news, it's like it comes up, there's a thing, and there's like a day of people talking about it, and then. It goes away, and then another one happens. And I think this is something we really should be paying attention to um, because it's it's really tragic
4: exactly at the moment. exactly. Well, Chauncey, thank you so much for your time and for joining us here on our discussion and the program. So thank you
3: yes, for having me.
4: Uh, hopefully, we'll have you back. and good luck on the show, thank you. The Michelle Meow Show continues right after this. You don't want to go away. We're going to end the show with a really, really, really cool guest who travels all around and uh, at the same time continues to be amazing and queer and all that good stuff. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works you know I would say to young kids you know just kinda form your own identity and uh, and, you know don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, You can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties we have that for you. Spotlight on success and achievement brought to you by wells fargo together we'll go far the michelle meow show your a through z covering the lgbt lmnop and everyone in between show and now here's your host michelle meow
4: welcome back thanks so much for joining us i'm michelle Miao, your host Today is uh, the second half of the program is fun, 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 fun. I'm super excited for our next guest um, because, well, uh, our guest is uh, a celebrity. Yes, (laughs) it's Bly from the Button and Bly's Travel Show, a video blog, basically, of uh, two awesome chicks who travel the world and who are making incredible footage of all kinds of people who are doing great things. Bly, welcome to the program. Hi, and thanks for the great intro there. Thank you. Well, you know, it's so... um I was just uh, watching through, you know, episodes and and checking out your site. Obviously, fan over here, uh, maybe groupie. Well, no, not yet, because I have to actually travel (laughs) with you. But, you know, that's the biggest thing is like for a lot of uh, queer kids or, you know, LGBTQI, wherever you fall in that spectrum, it can be extremely intimidating to head outside your comfort zone. And you guys, you know, are pushing the envelope and going to all kinds of places. But, you know, let's let's talk about how it all got started.
1: Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, so it's been about two years now that we've been doing this. Um, my business partner and travel partner, Lauren, known as Button, on the show, uh, we we just kind of decided, you know, we'd, we'd never really traveled or done anything crazy. And, you know, like a lot of other LGBT uh, millennials, we were like, you know, there's so many places that you're not sure really how it's going to be be perceived going out there and you know what that experience is going to be like but we want to we want to see all these places and experience that so we decided to just get out there and go for it and we both worked in television and film in Los Angeles so we were like you know let's just let's just tape this experience you know what's gonna come of it and maybe we'll just document our memories and uh we decided to put it up on YouTube, and next thing we know, uh, everyone was very much taking to what we were doing. <laughs> so uh, it's it's been quite a fun ride, and it's been awesome sharing these experiences with everyone and getting getting the responses that we have. So it's been it's been an awesome ride so far.
4: So before I like you know uh, tuned into some of the episodes, of course, my first thought was uh, button. Uh, you know, with was your romantic, you know, partner and, and all that um, stuff. No, just good friends. Yeah, Business every,
1: everyone, uh, everyone, I think, has a little inkling of like, wait a minute, are they together? <laughs> What's going on? There's two lesbians traveling the world together. They have to be together. Right. But uh, no, no, we've been best friends for about four or five years now. And so there's there's no romantic uh Travels in that in okay. that way.
4: But uh Well just opening the door for you there in case, you know, there are the the girls who are swooning over you and wondering if um you're available. Um I want to go back to your your about us page. I was reading this and I thought it was uh super cool. I mean you would always been you know, and had had an entrepreneurial spirit. is it true that you started a landscaping company, Dykes and Dirt, and and it, it, it didn't work out or is that a, like a joke?
1: uh it's a, it's a little bit of both we were doing a little bit for friends here and there and we were just joking about it like man we're we're doing the landscaping and building things all the time we should just start a a landscaping company called dykes and Dirt. there there was like two or three of us doing it but uh no we didn't we didn't get too far along with that <laughs> venture but maybe we should work on that that'd be fun
4: right yeah that i mean <laughs> i think it would take off in today's <laughs> time um so let's get back to you know the real reason why you're on this this show is just uh, you guys travel so well you do it so great and uh, people love it like you said uh, it, even going back to like season one though you know you started out uh let's see there's there seven it's, it seems like you're you know, averaging about seven eight episodes per season you've traveled Everywhere, from, like, you know, here in the States, New York York City, to Helsinki, Finland. (laughs) How do you guys choose where you go?
1: Um, you know, a lot of the the first two seasons, we chose it just because we were like, okay, we've never been to Europe, we've never really traveled outside of the States, let's let's do Europe. That sounds like a, a fun start, nothing too insane. Um... And so that's kind of where we decided to just start. and we we kind of just picked a random route. We were like, all right, let's let's just put up that we're gonna go to Europe on on social media and see what happens." And so we did, And we had a few friends and like old college roommates and things like that that were like, "Oh, I'm living over in Berlin or I'm staying here and that. So we kind of mapped it out a little bit based off of where we knew a few people and then other places that were just along the route that we were like, hey, let's go hit that. Um, and then we've we've done a little bit in the States. We're we're still planning to do like a huge road trip around the, the country still. That's definitely in our plans. And uh, we just were out shooting again in Europe. And we did more of like an Eastern block, and that's our season four that's coming out now and season five, which will be out probably in the spring. So uh, we we tend to kind of maybe pick one place that we're interested in and then pick a couple places around it that that also seem like they could go with the flow of things. And- yeah. We've kind of a little bit just been letting it lead us blindly because I think that's a little bit of the fun in traveling. Right. Right. You know, just just going and seeing what happens, and that's where most of our fun memories have have come from. So. (laughs) that's a so little let's, bit let's, spontaneous.
4: Yeah, let's talk about that a little uh real quick cuz I mentioned earlier, you know, traveling outside of San Francisco is, is is it can be intimidating. Like I mean, I could go, you know, 80 miles east or, or something like that to like Fresno and I'm I'm in a whole new different world. Um right. You going into it blindly. I mean, you you have some courage there. Do you ever get afraid that it that you know, as a member of the queer community that it could be uh, you know, unsafe for you in any way?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's that little bit of risk everywhere you go. I mean, even even parts of San Francisco, you could absolutely hit a few people along the way that
4: are going to be... That's true. Nowadays. Not
1: so welcoming, but I mean, for the most part, uh, everywhere we've gone, we, we haven't really branched out yet into areas that we know are going to be controversial or areas that something
4: could potentially really go wrong. I guess Uh, you were well-celebrated while visiting Dinah Shore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, some of the other areas we've been to, like uh, Stockholm and Berlin and those other big cities, they generally have a decent queer community that's growing. And we've started trying to branch out to even smaller areas. Um, We had a few spots in Finland and Estonia. And, you know, you we've gotten maybe just a few looks, but like nothing yet that we've been like, wow, I really don't feel too safe here. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So that's, it's, it's been a nice feeling. And even going to some of the areas, like, uh, actually on this last trip, we just went on Estonia, which has been basically only a free country for the last 20 years, um, out of Russian rule. Like, we went there and we're like, who knows how this is going to be? Do they have any gay bars? Like, and we found, they've got a a few gay bars. We went and had a blast, met some amazing people. And it's really comforting to kind of bring the community, like the world community all together and just realize like everywhere you go, there's a little bit of like a San Francisco or a New York or Los Angeles. And just to find that and really realize like, all right, there's more going on out there than maybe we thought was going on.
4: So I I have so. to ask, cause uh, I dated I dated an Estonian girl and um, she really? ate sour cream with everything, including like I'm I'm Asian and so I I love pho. She would like put like a spoonful of sour cream into her pho, which is like this, you know, beef noodle soup, Vietnamese noodle soup. Yeah. So wow, I, I'm fun. I'm wondering, how that goes. did you, have did you witness any, you know, sour cream consumption in Estonia?
1: I, I didn't witness it, but <laughs> I heard them talking about it multiple times. <laughs> oh,
4: that's, actually, my suspicions have been confirmed. It, I kept
1: hearing, yeah, I kept hearing like, Black bread with with sour cream and on um, everything, and I was like, uh, all "Right, you do you, Estonia, you
4: do you, you, you do you." Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's the Michelle Meow show. We're speaking with Bly, who's with Button and Bly, uh, and you can visit their site right now, ButtonBly.com. If you're not familiar with their extremely popular vlog, it's an LGBT travel show. Super fun, super cool. I love it. I love what you guys are doing for us out there and showing us the world. Um, so Bly, like, you know, favorite memory, I don't know, like the best ever you can't forget, you know, during all these uh, five seasons now that you've been doing this.
1: Oh man. Oh, that's so hard. I think so. I I always go back to our trip to Scotland where we went to Edinburgh and it was, it was in the beginning of our travels when we first started doing it and really just realizing the humanity and the people that we met. Um, we went out to a couple gay bars. Edinburgh's got a pretty good gay scene in case you want to go check it out. But, um, and we were just bouncing around and we met this group of people and they're like, where are you guys staying? We're like, I don't know, we're possibly staying at a hostel down the street. And they're like, no, you have to come stay with us. And so we went and we stayed with uh, a couple of girls that were, like, living on the beach on the North Sea. And nice. They were just, like, super welcoming. And we had a great time in Scotland, and I think that just always brings us back. Like, it might not have been, like, some of the most picturesque places that we've been to, but it's definitely been the experiences and the people that we've met in areas that's been, like, wow, this is this really just makes it all worth doing this.
4: So okay, you stopped. Uh, you stopped pretty abruptly there after saying you stayed with uh, these inviting uh, girls here on the beach, and uh, and I don't know if that was a tease <laughs> for us to go back and watch the episode, or
1: <laughs> you might have to go check out uh, the Portobello episode. The there's, Portobello episode, a little little skinny dipping at the end, but. Uh... <laughs>
4: Girls, tune in now. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we did get a chance to have Button on the show, um, and uh, you know, I wanted to ask like how Button got Button's in the, in the name. Is that something between <laughs> you guys, or
1: and, you know, it actually started with a group of our friends. Um, for those of you that don't know, Button is she's massive. She's like six foot one crazy curly hair it's like an afro going on and we just always thought it was so funny because she's so big and she's so like so cute that we're like oh you're like a cute little button but massive so that's kind of where button came from everyone's always like how did button <laughs> come out of this big basketball playing girl so more so just the uh the, the play on it that she's huge and you know I love Sometimes it. You can still be cute as a button.
4: <laughs> it's it's like you know it's like uh, the the rap artist Biggie. Uh, what, sorry, I I'm so bad at this rap stuff. But what what, what didn't he call himself like, yeah, a big? You, know, you guys know what I'm talking, about, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, same same difference. Biggie right? Biggie but, Smalls uh, or something. Ah, okay, I, Smalls. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Now moving on. All right, so we're wrapping down, and I want to. I'm gonna play. If it's okay with you, like, and I'm going to go ahead and play the Portobello episode and to end the show. But my last question to you is, um, you know, you mentioned season five, it's coming out, you said the springtime?
1: Yeah. So right now we uh, just actually at the end of September, we started releasing season four on YouTube. You can check it out. Just Google button and Bly or type that into YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, we started releasing that and. In- Season four is pretty much a a little bit in the States, a lot in Europe, and it's just pride festivals and women's festivals. So that's a lot of season four. And then season five, we kind of get back into the different cities that we went to. So Stockholm and Helsinki, Finland and Estonia and Spain. So yeah, we've got that coming up probably in the spring. But for right now, season four, we'll have that go until probably about December
4: time so lots of button and fly action coming on button and fly action that's so awesome <laughs> uh, and you know just very quickly last question I think it says that there're on your site you guys fund your own trips um, and so there is a donate button I mean not you know button I mean it's just the donate never mind. <laughs> Uh, it's true. You fund you your own. Hit on button for you, the donation. Yeah, <laughs> hit on button for the. Yeah. Um, so it's true. You guys fund your own trips.
1: Yeah, we've we've pretty much been trying to make this go out of our own pockets since we started. Um, the last two seasons, we've been able to get a little bit more help working with the tourism boards that we've gone and and shot some stuff in the the areas that we did. But um, for the most part, it's it's us just trying to get out there and show the. LGBT community that there's there's a lot happening outside of our own little bubbles and we should we should get out there and go see it. So,
4: hey Bly, thanks so much yeah. for joining us here on the show and sharing your awesomeness. Um, and uh, you guys have fun out there and keep doing what you're doing because we love it over here. Great, thank you so much, and thanks for uh, having me on the show visit the uh, visit button and, and Bly is spelled B-L-Y we'll also you know, of course post that up uh, if you're tuning in so for the rest of the show we're just going to play their shows because if you haven't seen it and heard about it it's, it's going to change your life you're probably going to head out and travel on your own so thanks for joining us here today and uh, we'll be back at the same time tomorrow at 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time don't forget Friday's John Zipper of Commonwealth Club hosts his week-to-week uh, political roundtable talk and also B.B. Sweetbriar, Sweetbriar I'm sorry B.B. Sweetbriar also hosts It's Everything with B.B. Sweetbriar on Sundays if you're all into everything well hip hop music social stuff pop culture arts uh, and uh, for everything else you can head to michellemeow.com. we'll talk to you soon
2: we have spent the week in Scotland one of the people that we met is Sandra she insisted that we come out and stay with her in Portobello at her beach flat We liked her, and so we decided to make the trek out. Today, we walk to the sea. We are in some
1: crazy old cemetery right now, as you can see. It's kind of creepy and awesome, and we kind of just stumbled upon it. Everything's like 1700s, 1800s. Ruins and rubble in the middle of this city, so we're just exploring right now
4: Walked three miles to
1: get to where we're staying right now She has
2: turned around She has her full pack on I have my full pack on with this guy, which makes it a lot more difficult than it should be Tired. We're staying on the sea with a girl that we've met once at a pub that was the time. Hooray!
0: Yeah. Hooray.
2: We're from the center of Edinburgh
1: out oh, to this beachy area right here Port Portobello.
3: We're so close. We made it to the sea. On side. onward
2: me... and <laughs> <in the> we <laughs> anyways alright, so Fly didn't come to talk today she just came to sit and look pretty check out what I ate the waitress, who was very convincing told me that I needed to get the haggis I wasn't going to eat haggis because it's it's a lot of things that I wouldn't eat, mainly unused meat parts stuffed into a stomach, and then I think fried. They cut it up
0: and then maybe fry it again.
2: It's not bad, really. Just like pepper, I'm going to finish my haggis
4: burger. I'm going to keep drinking
2: my iron brew, and I'll be Scottish by the end of the meal. Um, good. we had
0: this oh, night with her.
1: Not are not either, she's just You're so beautiful, you're like an angel
4: from in an heaven with a bandana on your hair. You're like a precious moment-o. Oh oh oh, 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 You're like a precious moment-o. Oh. Yes, I am. Motherfucking precious moment doll. Oh. Why?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to explain Explain what a fizzle is.
1: Apparently, a fizzle is when you just have this like chemistry and bond with someone, and you're
2: funny. Which one's sexier? Well, we don't have butterflies. You let us colors. know.
1: Fizzles or butterflies?
4: It's yeah, like you it's don't Spanish. have butterflies.
2: No, menopause. Menopause? Wait, What's do you sorry. really not have
4: butterflies here? Oh, we lie really well as well here.
2: Fuck it. Scottish people are really nice, also really good at lying. So make your own assessment. I want
1: you to see it on face. I think I can almost start doing it when I'm drunk.
4: Drunk. <laughs> this is the rhythm of the night. Of the night.
2: Oh yeah. Wow. Yay. You're so good. This is, this is our fantastic new friend. Hiya. Sandra. Hiya, Paul. McDonald. This is our friend Sandra. Hiya. Sandra. McDougal. Oh my god, that's like racist against Scottish people.
4: <laughs> racist against Haggis. Oh, we have the opposite ones this can this
0: we come up with? This is Sandra
4: haggis. Crazy. Are you just coming out with all the cliche Scottish <laughs> names you know? Haggis. This is our fucking kick-ass new
1: friend, Sandra Macbeth. Welcome. She's a rock star. In,
2: in
3: Scotland.
1: Scotland. Scotland. She lives
2: in Edinburgh. Well,
3: well yeah.
1: She, yeah, we won't tell you where wow. she
2: lives. But We're in Portobello. Okay. Little
3: precious as a night.
2: Onesie, yep. Yeah,
4: on you. This is what a onesie looks like. Weird creepiness. When I held you to my cell, it you around. So Is that where you keep your lunch? So nice. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Salty dog.
1: Hey, you're gonna go with that. Do you see what I'm wearing?
2: Yes. She's a little So yeah, We drank a lot of wine, played a lot of music, and then hit a little uh, North Sea at the end of the night.
4: <laughs>
3: one, <two. gasps> My butt. My butt. I did it naked. I was partially there. She didn't want her vagina to show. So, oh, hello, pretty thing.
4: So
2: we are
1: a couple hours away from getting ready to fly out to Dublin. (laughs) Yeah, you've been sick the last few days. I think it's just too much fun. I think so. I just
2: had a too much
1: fun attack. (laughs) What a dream boat. Somebody will love me. (laughs) Alright guys, thanks for watching this week of Scotland. Bell so no time for us, Audi <laughs>